Girls, do you remember when I, I had told you about my uh, professor for marriage and family? And he did this agape love thing where he said all, all couples are two selfish, self-centered individuals that the only way their deepest needs are met is when they selflessly Ah, selflessly look out for the best interest of the other. Well, the other thing he said, he said two things in the course of the beginning of the program. He said, all marital troubles are the, a result of mismanaged disappointments. And I said, ah, that's true, isn't it? Yes. Can I add just one thing to that that I always think about? Yes, speak up. Disappointments and unrealistic expectations. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Where's my, oh, here it is. Okay, Dr. Huggins, we're going to add to this an unrealistic and remember that all expectations are premeditated resentments. Don't you love it? Just thought you might like to keep that in your head too because it's the truth isn't it it's all all of God's truth is the truth when you were going through your when you were going through your uh, homework this week when you saw the first the second page when it talked about examples of issues we fight about or that make me discontent were you able to find look at that even God is something. Did anyone wrinkle their brow over the way that the issue of God could be creating discontent for one of us? Now, you know, we gals in general, not always, but in general, we tend to be more drawn towards spiritual things than guys can be. And we can get very uppity about where what we think our relationship should, with God should look like and perhaps what our husbands and where they're at. Has anyone ever noticed that could be an issue? Of course, right. And you know what? Once again, our job is not to be our husband's Holy Spirit. And as we are learning to be more and more who God is calling us to be, we are setting our husbands up to have a much better ability to hear God speak to them and then to respond. So, um, and remember that everybody hears God and responds to God in a different way, depending on temperament and gender. For instance, I just love the story of Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. They both have the first name the same. And uh, Les Parrott, the husband, uh, they do a lot of work with marriages. Uh, he's the type of person that when he goes to church, he hears God best in a highly liturgical setting. And his wife hears God best in a much freer, more open type of a setting. The music just really speaks to her and, and it's contemporary and the drums and everything are going on and she hears God best that way. And we're all different. I certainly wouldn't want to argue with one or the other having heard God best 
for them. And it's important for us to respect the way that the other might be. Would you agree? Now, you have that unspoken expectations chart, and uh, Pam alluded to that when she was talking with you a little bit ago. Um, yes. You know that very first one that's mentioned, my expectations of my husband. Um, they're talking about all kinds of things that we could have expectations of our husbands. It reminds me of my girlfriend, Val, who was my jogging partner for many years. And her dad was very fastidious about the way he kept his garage. And her husband did not share the same attitude. It just never mattered to him. And she railed against him regularly about getting the recycle out and getting all the cardboard up and cleaning up the garage. And I have to tell you that in 13 years of jogging together, five miles a day, three times a week, I could not convince her that she needed to relax on that and let her husband do it his way. She just couldn't get it. To her, that's the way it should be. Now, you might want to look at anything that might go on in your life and find perhaps yourself there. But because it was always done a certain way doesn't mean that my husband has to do it that way too, which is interesting. By the same token, occasionally you may find a husband who's kind of got a spirit of demandingness about the way things should be done as a wife. It's not typical, but it can happen. And if he is having a spirit of demandingness about you going right back to work as soon as the babies are born, et cetera, et cetera, like the examples were given here. And why aren't you a football fan like I am? And I would love it if you were a gourmet cook. My son is one of those. He loves gourmet cooking, and he cooks that way, but his wife is not that predisposed. And so it's always disappointing to him with his restless palate that he would love for her to be a better cook. And I would like to think that he has settled down on that and I'd like to think that she's paying attention to what matters to him and trying to be better about that. That would be, does that sound like loving your husband? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that sounds like it to me too. Um, so that exercise was interesting. Another example was down at the bottom of the first column when it says things he thinks, oh no, no, the middle column things he is unaware that you expect of him, but that he would fulfill if he knew it was important to you. That's very interesting. My girlfriend, Pat, her husband grew up in a horrific setting. His parents really never cared about him. He was in and out of back then reform school, and he was a very, very, very rough guy that knew nothing about being a husband but she went through our program and she learned, she was so um, disconnected on the subject that she um, asked me, I don't even know what respect means, let alone how to command it or how to give it. But she did the program and boy, she knew, she understood and she got it. And her husband, 
Her love language was gifts, and her husband never gave her a gift. Nothing for Christmas, nothing for her birthday, nothing for Valentine's Day. Never gave her a gift. And that was her love language. So she, I'll never forget her telling me this, she educated her husband. And she did it very lovingly and very kindly. He was, uh, they lived up in Montana, and he loved to hunt in the fall. And she would spend a week preparing all the food for him and his group of guys that would be outfitting up into the mountain for a week. I mean, three different big cases of, of food. She did it all. And when they were ready to leave, she said, now, C-Dub, that was his name, I would like you to thank me for all the work that I just put into that. And he looked at her and he said, oh, okay. And he started to thank her, but he never, he never knew, right? He never knew. But then the issue of gifts came up and she decided that she would get herself a gift and she would box it up nicely, wrap it and give it to him and say to him, you know, gifts mean the world to me and I would love it if you would give this to me for Christmas. And you can imagine his eyes bulging. But guess what? He started to give her gifts. And in this case, this gal was married to a very abusive man who not only responded beautifully to how she loved her husband, but he even eventually came to deep faith and then he had to go around and tell the whole world of his world about this wonderful thing that just happened to him. And he cannot to this day now after, I mean, I've only given you a little taste of the brutalizing of this guy. He now cannot say, sing his wife's praises enough, give her enough gifts and love and respect her. What a story. I mean, I could give you the whole story, but I think you could flesh it out. It was, it's really amazing how what we do, even when it looks very bleak in the moment, God's not done. It's a beautiful thing. So I imagine you girls did your uh, exercise, I hope you did, on the next page. But I'd like to take just a moment and talk with you about the last page the dealing with resistance to character boundaries. That is weird, that statement, that title there. We have been spending all of our time paying attention to what God needs to do inside of us. And really, I would save this for after lesson 10. But once you've got all 10 lessons under your belt and you are doing them well, you might start to do what Candy finally did, which was to ask God about Ed's anger problem and feel like I could finally bring it up before the Lord since I had dealt with me for six months or so. And, uh, you know, there is a method to use when you have a husband, perchance, who is, has a problem. Maybe you've dealt with an issue with him speaking the truth in love, and he's very stubbornly re resistant to it. Maybe he's involved with drugs, alcohol, pornography, 
gambling, lying, or uh, adulterous relationships. And nothing has worked. Then this is what we take on. This whole, this whole process. How do you deal with a husband, and it's rare, who absolutely will not get it and stubbornly is going to stick to his guns and do bad things? And if that happens, notice there's a method here. And it's one that is wisely taken one step at a time through the process with him. And that's what this is talking about. We can talk about that in the future if any of you happen to unfortunately have a bad situation with a husband. So we have five minutes. Would anyone have anything they'd like to share with us that took place this week that we haven't already discussed that has been a particularly good experience for you in learning about yourself or in having victory over or having failure with. We had a great story <laughs> from Pam. This, um, you know, I'm sure that God inspired, allowed you to be inspired about that so you could tell us about it. And so we could know that Pam is not perfect. I mean, you all know that I'm not, <laughs> that's for sure. Nobody? Ah, yes. Speak up. Um, so my husband loves snowmobiling. And every winter he's gone like almost every weekend snowmobiling with his buddy. So he loves snowmobiling. He loves it. <laughs> um, and my love language is quality time, so I have a hard time dealing with that. Ooh. Um, and so he came home last night and <laughs> he said he had a constitution for snowmobiling. And it was like a list of everything. He's like, I need to get it approved by you. We can only go two times a month. You get powder days if you want to go skied. <laughs> and this whole list, he's like, I have to make you dinner. I have to have your car shoveled and everything. <laughs> so what? <laughs> what is this? So this was a surprise. Yeah, it was completely unmanageable. Um, but um, yeah, he's like, you're just, you're trying so hard and you're, you're keeping the house so clean and I just want to do something for you. So, oh. Now, was this, was this new? Well, yeah. <laughs> here's, before he's like, I'm going so and you kind of fight over it. Ah. I'd be upset and yes. even though I'd say you could do it, I'd still be upset and he'd come home and feel bad and so. <laughs> And how has that changed for you on your side? Well, now I'm like two, two times a, a month. Like, that's not enough. I should give them more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds to me like the upward spiral, doesn't it? Because you see, who initiates the upward spiral is usually going to be the most mature member of the, the team. And it will usually be you because you're working on these things, right? And so we're trying to practice respect and all these wonderful things, affirmation, and, and all the stuff we've been learning, we're trying to, to do it. And our husbands, oh, they are not missing a wink. They don't miss any of it. And it's being impactful to them. This is kind of like a loving, speaking the truth and love kind of a thing even, isn't it? Because the Holy Spirit works in his heart and mind, and look what happens. Wow, 
this whole concept of how we do winter together so that I can honor you, my wife, instead of us battling over every weekend snowmobiling selfishly and self-centeredly, really, but, but who would have known? And now the Holy Spirit is showing him. Great story. <laughs> Better than your wedding vows. <laughs> wow. Excellent. And you know, girls, if you hang in there, and you know I was showing you my card of the things I've learned that I need to stay on top of candy about, and I pray over them every day, then the Holy Spirit helps me to remember and deal with those things His way during the day so that I can become victorious in my life. But girls, I'm already going to be starting to warn you if I haven't already. We need to be on our knees before the Lord every day with our stuff. Now, I have uh, two or three of these cards for candy. That's what I need to be paying attention to so that the Holy Spirit helps me to be something other than I'd be on my own, which is not pretty, right? And so I'm encouraging you now to not see this as a 10-week, 11-week time, but really for the rest of your life. But be efficient about it. You don't need to write volumes about what needs to change. Just get the points down so that when you bring it up before the Lord, I mean, when I bring it up, it's like, you know, Lord, <laughs> you know what I tend to do. I need your help here because then I can be someone who breaks the chains of my past, who becomes more than a conqueror. I believe those are all in scripture and it's all talking about the life we can have as we intentionally come before the Lord every day and get him to help us to live out today. Because after all, all we have is today, correct? And our job is to be ever more comfortable with the appointment that God gives us for today. Okay, you know that we have no, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, lesson nine for next week. And isn't it interesting, it's next to the last lesson because there's a reason why each one of these lessons are in the progression they're in. So we're going to have fun with that next week. Please do your homework for it. And um, let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for the beautiful way that you are responding so quickly to each and every one of us girls as we are learning to take the tools of what you would like to be doing in our lives and applying them in our lives so that you can do great things. Thank you, Jesus, for making a beeline for the cross because you knew you were going to be purchasing for us this incredible relationship with you where we can be something other than what we ever were in the past. Thank you, Father God, for your unspeakable gift in sending Jesus. And here we have Christmas season coming up. Help us, Father God, to experience you and your birth in fresh new ways, I pray, since it's November 10th, I think, today. And Lord God, I just pray your blessing on every one of our girls and that you will 
deeply speak into each of our lives. And we're going to thank you right now in advance. In Jesus' most wonderful name, amen. Have a great week, girls.